This segment sponsored by Champion Chevrolet. Happy Friday. Welcome to NSN Daily. Chris Murray, I'm Brian Samudio. Jenna Holland, directing behind the scenes. Uh, before we get anything, Jenna, how have you been? I mean, I gotta, we got to hear you for a second. We can't just let you slide by. How are you? I'm doing well. Excited for Thanksgiving and get to see the family that lives out in Texas next week. So I'm, I'm excited. Very good. Uh, Jenna, if you don't know, Jenna, she's got family all from, she's a Southern girl. She's from Atlanta. Uh, went to Lamar, played softball there in Beaumont and uh, did her, uh, did her, uh, did some work for the University of Nevada. So uh, yeah, uh, anyhow, moving on from the Jenna bio, it is Pack to Pack Friday. We'll get into that a little bit and grab Chris's uh, three keys to, and a prediction. Uh, Alex Margulies and Anthony Resnick, Res usually directs, they're up on a mountain somewhere. And we're going to check in with the guys. They are up at the opening of Heavenly. Uh, Grant Sherfield will be our profile today. Chris has been uh, working hard about uh, profiling the scholarship basketball players for Nevada men's basketball. Shannon Kelly will join us for Exploring Our Backyard Las Vegas Road Trip Part 1. And we'll have the Money Play of the Week, Dollar Loan Center Money Play of the Week. But Chris, uh, first off, it is Friday. And if anybody's seen our any of our anchors on News 4 Fox 11, they see that they're uh, back in the pack today wearing their pack gear. If you have pictures of your kids, the dog, your spouse, your partner, your friends, yourself, wearing pack gear, send it in to chime in. You might see yourself on News 4 or Fox 11 on the, their social media platforms or on the air. But uh, let's dive right into this San Diego State game. Everybody keeps just talking about best offense versus best defense, but this game has so many more layers than that. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a really, really fun game. There are definitely a lot of really intriguing storylines, and uh, I think it's Jay Norvell biggest game of his Wolfpack tenure so far. I mean, obviously, the UNLV game is always huge. So you put that in its own kind of separate bucket. But I mean, Nevada seems like if they go out and win this game, that they're better than a 50-50 shot to go out there and reach a Mountain West championship game, which is something that they've never done. That's the next step in that uh, this program's progression and for Jay Norvell to turn this into a championship contender. And, um, you know, this is a team San Diego State that's used to playing for championships. Uh, you know, they've been the best team in the West since the divisional split. And um, as you mentioned, I mean, a lot of the intrigue is going to be Carson Strong and Romeo Dubs uh, and their high-flying passing game in San Diego State defense that has not allowed more than 300 yards in five straight games. That's the longest active record uh, in the FBS. So this is a team that's used to just completely shutting down uh, offenses, and uh, Nevada's offense is as good as it gets in the Mountain West. So that'll be the big one for sure. But I'm interested in Nevada's defense, which has kind of been overlooked. They obviously have not played super good competition and very good quarterbacks, but they've been very strong so far this season under new coordinator, Brian Ward. So they're probably a little bit more comfortable in this system. And uh, obviously they're not playing a high level quarterback in San Diego state. We won't even know who they're going to be starting for their quarterback position. Cause they've been pretty coy about that. Um, but this is a really, really strong run game. So we'll see how Nevada's defensive front stands up last year. Nevada's defensive front dominated San Diego state's front. And that's why the Wolfpack won is a 17 and a half point underdog, much more closer game less than a year later. This is basically a coin flip. So 
uh, you know, a lot of great storylines. And, and the cool thing is it's going to be on CBS National. So you're going to get the, the top CBS announcing crew. Uh, you know, it's the first time Nevada's been on network TV since 2016 at Notre Dame. Probably the first time they've ever been, uh, you know, having a home game on network TV. So, uh, you know, this is a huge spotlight for the Wolfpack. There are going to be millions of people watching this game. And General Vell and his squad can really kind of show the nation that, you know, we're a potential top 25 team. We're one of the best teams in the West Coast if they go out and win this game and move to 5-0. and Let's look at the matchup of Nevada's run game against San Diego State's run defense. There have been moments when Nevada's run game has, has looked really good, but there have been moments when you're kind of uh, they, they're, they're standing in mud. Do you think Nevada's going to be able to run the ball against a very, very stout run defense against uh, San Diego State? I, in a word, no. I would be shocked if they had 100 rushing yards in this game. Uh, San Diego State doesn't give up r- rushing yards. I mean, that's what this uh, defense is kind of based on. They want to make you one-dimensional. Now, if they make Nevada one-dimensional, it's not the worst thing in the world because their passing game is very, very good for a dimension. But, uh, you know, they're holding teams to 2.9 yards per carry. Uh, Nevada ranks 117th out of 126 teams in rushing offense, just 3.77 yards per carry. Uh, if Toa Tau is going to get yards, he's going to have to be doing a lot of that on his own. Now, maybe do they break one off to have a 50, 60 yard run because there's a bust and they get to 100? That might be the case. But, um, you know, you just look at last week's game against New Mexico. Nevada wasn't able to run the ball at all. And they're basically playing the exact same defense with better players, uh, you know, Long built up that San Diego State defense. They still use that exact same scheme. Rocky Long now in New Mexico and did some really good things. I think that's a big advantage to Nevada, though. You're going to see a lot of the same blitzes. They had a week to play against it, a week to go over that film. And hopefully Carson Strong and that Nevada offensive line a little bit more comfortable trying to figure out what San Diego State wants to do up front. But, yeah, I expect San Diego State's defensive front to really limit Toa Tau in that run game. And if Nevada's going to win this game, it's going to be because of Carson Strong. And Toa can still have a role. I mean, he's still going to probably catch – six, seven passes out of the backfield, and maybe they use that as their run game. But, um, yeah, that, that's the biggest advantage to me for this game for San Diego State is definitely that defensive front against Nevada's offensive line, which is still kind of average. Well, we may have actually stolen some of your thunder when it comes to the, your three <laughs> keys and prediction. Let's get into that. What do you have, your three keys and prediction? Yeah, key number one is just for Nevada's offensive line to play an A game. Uh, They probably won't be able to establish that run. But if they give Carson Strong time, I think he can have success against his secondary. And that's a very good San Diego State secondary. They've combined to have more than 100 career starts. They have one of the best safeties in the nation and uh, Tyreek Thompson. So it's a good unit. But if you give Carson Strong time, I have confidence that he's going to be able to make some plays. Uh, Key number two uh, is make San Diego State's quarterback beat you. As we've mentioned, their quarterback is undetermined heading into this game. Uh, Carson Baker last game out threw for only 30 yards and had two interceptions. So, uh, you know, San Diego State in their wins, they're averaging 340 rushing yards per game. And their one loss this year, they were held to 101 rushing yards, 2.2 yards per carry. If Nevada's defensive line is able to slow down that San Diego State rushing attack and make Carson Baker beat them. Uh, The Wolfpack wins this game in my mind. And number three is just the explosive play battle. Nevada has been so good and they have so much more margin for error offensively because they have been able to hit the big play last week against New Mexico. They struggled to move the ball, but three long touchdowns to Romeo dubs. And that's what gets them the win. If you look at Nevada's explosive plays this season, that's a run of at least 15 yards or a pass of 20 yards. They have 33 of those. So they're averaging, you know, almost nine per game. Uh, a huge, huge number. I think if Nevada has quote unquote seven explosive plays, uh, I think they win this game. So if, if they're not having those explosive uh, plays, they're going to have trouble moving the ball. Uh, if they do, then I think they'll have a, a win at the end of the night. 
Uh, and if we go to my prediction, I, I flopped on this right at the end. Uh, I was going to go with San Diego State because I think they're much stronger in the trenches and the offensive line, the defensive line. Um, but typically you, you take the best quarterback and both of these guys have quarterbacks named Carson. Carson Strong, much better than Carson Baker. So I am going to pick Nevada to win 23 to 20. I'm going to have the Wolfpack move into five and zero. Uh, a lot of it's going to come down to turnovers, uh, but I, I, I am going for uh, with the Wolfpack in this one. You know, Chris, you and I have only really known each other well for the last like year print guys and TV guys sometimes don't get to actually talk to each other, but our predictions are so close. I got 24, 21 Nevada in this one. I got it written down right here is we, we, we would, we always are really, really close and we're either really, really good at it or really, really bad sometimes about it. But I, I agree with you on this. I think, I think you got to go quarterback. I think Nevada's defense is good enough. I don't think San Diego state's offense is good enough. If, if Nevada does have a couple of explosive plays, Nevada may win this one, you know, even by a bigger margin. But at the same time, if San Diego State's defense causes turnovers, I was flopping on this even until this morning. If San Diego State takes the ball away from Nevada, which Nevada hasn't seen a, a ton of it, they, they have committed some turnovers, but especially not through the air. If San Diego State commits, uh, makes Nevada commit turnovers, Nevada could take an L at home, but I'm going to pick the, the pack to win this from 24 to 21. COVID once again, uh, earlier this week, we saw two games canceled. Last night, Fresno State, San Jose State erased off the docket. Um, Chris, this is a big one when it comes to the Western Division. This is huge. Yeah, and we had mentioned on yesterday's show, the Mountain West has been fortunate that they haven't lost any uh, you know, games in the, among contenders. The majority of the games that have been canceled, they're teams that are you know, they're below 500, so it's not necessarily impacting the title race, this one hugely impacts it. You have a 4-0 San Jose State against a 3-1 Fresno State, and it's a very similar game to this with a 4-0 Nevada against a 3-1 San Diego State. Uh, you know, gives an opportunity for Nevada and San Jose State to separate, gives an opportunity for Fresno State, San Diego State to stay in the mix. So losing this game, it, it has a huge impact on who's going to end up representing the Mountain West in that championship game. And, uh, you know, entering week five of the season, there are only four teams of the 12 in the Mountain West who have not had a game canceled due to COVID already, that being Nevada, Boise State, San Diego State, and Hawaii. Every other team, all eight of those, have lost at least one game uh, and two uh, games for Colorado State, Air Force, and Wyoming. So it, it's definitely starting to have a major impact. Three of the six games this week being canceled. Uh, and as we've mentioned, there's there's no makeup date. Now, maybe do, does the Mountain West maybe say, you know, if, if we want to play another game uh, on that same weekend that you would play a Mountain West championship game, do you allow some of these other teams to maybe make up a game and have an additional game? That could be a thing, but, um, you know, this is certainly a monkey wrench into uh, the, the Mountain West uh, championship race. Um, you know, I think it's advantageous for San Jose State, to be honest, because this is a game they potentially could have lost. And now they don't have to play it. Uh, they still have to play Boise State, which is probably a loss for San Jose State. Um, but maybe they go into the regular season finale against Nevada with only one loss rather than two. And then if they win that head-to-head -head matchup, they vault ahead of the Wolfpack. So, you know, I'm sure San Jose State wants to play the game. This is a pretty big rivalry game as well. Yeah. But actually think it's a nice bonus for them that they don't have to potentially take a loss and uh you know the issue isn't theirs it's uh, on fresno state they're the one who has the contact tracing and the positive cases so can't blame them at all but um you know certainly bad news just that you know 50 percent of your games are being canceled a month into the season as we have had to deal with as a sports network and as so many businesses companies schools whatever flexibility you have to be flexible so if i'm the mount west and you get to the end of the year and you go all right 
we have to be flexible here. I think that's the attitude you have to have. And I mean, I don't make any of those decisions. Maybe nobody asks me my opinion. We just give it. But I, th I think flexibility might be might be the better play at the end of the year here for, for the Mountain West. And uh, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, Nevada's been very lucky so far to be able to get all of its games in so far. Knock on wood. And uh, hopefully they can continue that. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, we are headed to the slopes. Alex Margulies will join us from Heavenly Resort on opening day coming up there. Welcome back to NSN Daily. And yes, uh, this is a site I haven't seen in a long time. And that is Mr. Alex Margulies joining us from the top of a mountain. Alex, all I have to do is look at your backdrop and you're on top of Heavenly, man. Yeah, uh, they've opened up the Ridge Run here at Heavenly. Opening day uh, for a couple of the Vail Resorts here in the region. Heavenly uh, getting started as well as North Star, which is just outside of Truckee. And then, uh, you know, a couple of weeks, they'll, they'll get Kirkwood going. But that, that recent dump, you know, that came through uh, a couple of weeks ago. And then that big storm that hit us earlier this week did wonders for the mountain. Uh, it allowed them to open earlier than anticipated. And, uh, you know, it feels good to be out here for sure. And, and you know, I always say if you can get a day on skis before Thanksgiving, you're off to a great start. And, and uh, to be out here this Friday, it was a surprise. And um, a lot of people are stoked out here. How's the traffic? It looks like a lot of people zooming uh, right behind your shoulder. You know, it's not bad. Uh, they, they've got uh, a lot of social distancing measures in place. Uh, you know, with Vail Resorts, you actually have to make uh, reservations to come. And so the only people that are even allowed to come to the mountain are pass holders. Uh, so no single day tickets right now. Uh, you have to make a reservation online in advance. Now, Heavenly is a massive mountain and they've only opened a very, very small part of it. So there has been quite a few people on this particular run, which is off of Canyon Express. And, and uh, so there are a lot of people out here today, but I think many less than, you know, if they weren't doing some of these things like the reservation system and if people were able to just walk up, you know, so they're doing everything they can, requiring people to wear masks, you know, walking around and making sure uh, that people have their masks on and uh, are, are doing their best to kind of follow social distancing. Now, Alex, I trust that every single individual that's behind you has uh, a doctor's note, has uh, permission <laughs> to have the day off. Yeah, there's nobody wants to look at you because all these people called in sick for the day to, to get up to the mountain. How are the conditions? It looks like there's a good amount of snow. Yeah, honestly, I was just talking to, to Rez up here, Anthony Resnick, who's joining me on the mountain, and the conditions are fantastic. I mean, the snow quality is great. Uh, you know, they've got the guns going, so they're making a lot of snow, and it, it's just it's really, really good groom skiing. I mean, the, the snow is nice and packed down. Uh, it's not too soft. It's not too hard. Really, it's very ideal. I mean, it's good for fast skiing. It's, it's very stable. Um, and I've even seen some people do a little off-piste as well. I'm trying my best to restrain myself. You guys know I love to, to hunt for that powder, so I'm trying my best to, to not do that because, you know, I don't want to bust my skis up on my first day. So I'm trying to temper myself uh, a little bit, but uh, we've had some good runs. Rez uh, we was doing a little sliding on the last one, trying to get some video, and, and uh, he ate it a little bit. But if there's one guy that knows how to crash, it's uh, it's Rez for sure. You get rusty skiing. So this is your first run, obviously, uh, Brian and I, and not experts like you. Is it like riding a bike? You're basically right at 100%, or does it take a, you know, a ride or two to, to get into your groove? Honestly, I think for me, I, I pick it up right away. I, it's not much of a, a rust factor. I mean, I think... You know, I, I moved to Florida at one point in my life after growing up out here until I was 12, and I didn't ski for about seven years. And coming back after that, there was a little bit of an adjustment, but honestly, I was kind of back at least kind of comfortable with what I was doing after a run. Um, you know, between the seasons, it really is really no rust for me. Even 
uh, Rez was saying, you know, he's much newer to the sport. Uh, he's only been snowboarding now for, I think, now his third season. And he barely got to snowboard last year. And he said how much more comfortable he felt even just right out of the gates, you know, this year, even though he hadn't done it in so long and really didn't spend much time on the board last year that he just feels even more comfortable and more stable uh, in what he's doing. So, yeah, it's definitely like riding a bike. I mean, once you kind of get it and you understand how to do it, uh, even after kind of taking six months off, you pick it up pretty quick. I mean, Chris, look at all these people. I'm seeing Tesla employees. I'm seeing Panasonic. I mean, just ride back. Alex, COVID has been rough on all of us. I mean, we've been stuck in the house. Some people are still stuck going to work and having to wear masks. Our first responders, people that are caring for people with COVID, tell me how the soul feels, man. How, How you feel just being able to get up there. I know how much this means to you. Yeah, I mean, you hit it, man. It's uh, it 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 really feeds the soul for me. I mean, I think, um, you know, the last couple of weeks for me have, have been some of the toughest weeks I've had of this entire pandemic. I just feel like, uh, you know, the days getting shorter, it being colder outside. You know, some of the outdoor activities I was getting kind of in the rhythm of doing kind of got taken away because it just wasn't, it just didn't feel good to be outside at, at the time, and skiing wasn't ready yet. So, you know, it's it's the, the last couple of weeks I'll be transparent have been harder on my mental health than than I think you know, the, the previous uh, eight months. And, and so, yeah, it, this being out here, being out in the sun, breathing that fresh, crisp Sierra air, uh, getting some physical activity. It really does a lot for me. It really does a lot for my soul, for my mental health, uh, my physical health. So I'm, I'm super, super thankful, um, you know, to be out here, have the opportunity to do this. And, and it came as such a surprise. I mean, I was sitting there on Wednesday and all of a sudden I got the email uh, that they were opening up and it was just like this bolt of lightning. You know what I mean? It just gave me that jolt I needed. Uh, and so it, now I, I've got this to kind of look forward to. And, you know, I'm definitely going to start tracking the snow every day. Like, like you guys kind of know I do and, and really paying attention to that. And it's a great distraction for, for me right now. And, you know, I would encourage people to get out. If you've never done skiing, try it, go to sky tavern, you know, go up to the Mount Rose, go up to diamond peak, you know, when they open up, but uh, get out here, to heavenly and and to to north star and you know once they allow those day tickets and those lessons and it's just it's something i think everyone should try to learn how to do because just being on the chairlift even you know you look around you're in the trees you're in that fresh air and it's uh it's definitely special but earlier uh, when i got to the mountain i did get a chance up to catch up with uh, russell carlton he's one of the communications managers uh here for vale resorts uh here at heavenly and we talked about getting this mountain open, you know, how they're keeping people safe and uh, what people have to look forward to when they get out here this weekend. All right, it's opening day. Uh, Tell me about the Stoke level here. We're excited. It's our 65th anniversary at Heavenly, so it feels great to be open. It's it's exciting. We've been waiting for this for about eight months, so we're really looking forward to it. And now this is, uh, I wouldn't call it historic, but it's been a very long time since you guys are starting by opening the mountain at Gunveril and and on the California Lodge side. Uh, Tell us about that. It's been about since 20 years since we've opened on the California side, and this is a really great way to uh, give back to our pass holders. It makes it real convenient for them in the Cal Lodge. And then while we'll have skiing here, we're also able to open sightseeing from our gondola. So it kind of gives our guests two different options right now. Tell us how you guys are adapting uh, with the pandemic and COVID. I know there's a lot of new changes if people are going to come out to Heavenly this year. There are some new changes, and at the end of the day, the skiing and riding is the same. So we just those small, small tweaks for the same experience. You can see I'm wearing a face covering, so face coverings are required. Another step is reservations. That is new this year, so you do need a reservation anytime you're visiting Heavenly, North Star, or Kirkwood. And the early season is only for pass holders, so it's exclusive, another benefit to pass holders. You do still need a reservation on top of that. 
Uh, and then lift tickets don't go on sale until December 8th. They will be limited, so if you want to ski this year, a pass is the way to go. You can find that at epicpass.com. You guys have gotten some good early season snow. I mean, talk about the snow over the last couple of weeks and what's open. We've had some great first couple storms. We got about a foot of snow from two storms, and just in this last week, we've had more than a foot of snow here at Heavenly. Our snowmaking team started at the end of October, so we've been making snow for about a month now. They were making snow this morning when I arrived. We'll continue to do so and open more terrain as we can, but some great conditions right now. And then uh, folks can also go out to North Star, which is near Truckee, and then uh, what are the plans to getting uh, Kirkwood open? Kirkwood's scheduled opening day is December 4th, so right around the corner, and we'll look forward to opening all three of our mountains soon. Alex, I mean, the weather, you are big honu. You're, you're known to, to kind of unbutton it a little bit and let some of the fur come out. I mean, it looks like it's, how warm is it? You're not wearing gloves? I mean, you got, you're unzipped a little bit? It's good, man. It's, it's pretty hot, actually. Uh, I usually have my helmet, and that was uh, uh, pretty dumb. I, I forgot that at home. Uh, so I got the beanie. So I'm a little warmer than usual with the beanie. Uh, I think I got the jacket I chose today. It might be a little heavier than I needed. So Rez was saying he's hot. I'm hot, but uh, no one's complaining here, man. It's blue skies. The snow's perfect. Uh, you know, there's not enough, not a lot of people out here, so you got some space to kind of move around and, and uh, just enjoy ourselves. So, um, you know, I think, like I said, the people that just decided to come out here, and as Russ said, uh, it's only season ticket holders, but I do want to tell you, you do still have time to get an Epic Pass. Uh, the, you'll still get that discounted price, I believe, until the 22nd of November. So it's a great pass to have. I've had it in the past. Uh, you know, there's options. If you want to go to a bigger Epic Pass, uh, you can actually get some mountains that include areas in Colorado, in Utah, even overseas. So um, if you've never tried the Epic and you're on the fence, it's a really fun one to have. There's a really good variety of skiing at Heavenly, which is massive. It spreads across two states. You've got Kirkwood, which to me, I think is probably my favorite resort in the region when it comes to powder skiing, when you really get a good snowstorm. And then you've got North Star, which is just so much fun and, and gives you a different type of feel out there near, near Truckee. So the Epic Pass is, is really sweet. Uh, you're giving Jenna some extra work. She's going to have to put a little brief nudity tag on the, uh, on the <laughs> but, with the chest hair out there. But uh, uh, So you are uh, you're going to be at the Nevada-San Diego State game. Uh, yes. We uh, already gave our predictions. So I want to hear just your thoughts on the game and uh, yeah, give us Good a call before you wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, you know, um, Julian, what did Julian say? Like 35-33. <laughs> I thought that was crazy to have that many points. Um you know, I, 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 I'm just a big believer in what Nevada is doing right now, and I know they're facing a defense that they haven't uh, quite seen in terms of the level of skill. I don't think we've also seen Nevada uh, at their top point of skill. So I've got the Wolfpack winning. I'm going to go, um, how about how about 24 for the Wolfpack, and we'll give San Diego State uh, 21. 24-21, <laughs> that's my final score. That's my ex That was my exact prediction last was it? second. My exact okay. prediction. Chris said 320. You can have it. We can. We can how about 27? No, I'll go 27, 21. We'll go something a little different. 27, right. 21, Nevada. Couple, right. couple, two, two field goals for, for our guy Brandon Talton. Last thing before Should we sit back up before we finish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was gonna say like by somebody's. You're gonna probably uh, later today check out Alex's Twitter account. Get run of him with no shirt on. His Twitter account. <laughs> it it looked like a beautiful day out there though. Hey man, it's for the people. You know, I do it for the people. Alex, before we let you go, what are you hearing about openings for other resorts up there? Yeah, so uh, like I said, North Star open, uh, as Russ said, December 4th for Kirkwood. I imagine uh, we're going to see a windfall 
here in the next couple of weeks of resorts opening. I imagine Mount Rose is right behind us next week. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll just, you know, kind of see what the snow brings and see uh, how much snow gets made. And, and, you know, I think for me, just hope it lasts as long as I can. Cause I know that the climate what's happening right now with COVID and, and things are increasing. So I think we all kind of realize that, you know, this might get taken away from us any day now. So, you know, for me, I want to get out here as much as I can try and enjoy it and um, you know, soak it up while we got it and uh, enjoy some, some time in mother nature. That's a win-win either way. The resorts, they need the funding. Tahoe needs people to be coming up and visiting and, and safely dining and, and I know the big Honu and Rez need to get up there. It's going to be weird not seeing the trio without Julian Delgado yeah. up there as well. But uh, Chris, I think we can handle having a designated weekly snow day for, for Alex and Rez. I don't have a problem with that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, these guys work hard on the weekends, covering games and getting Wolfpack all access out there. So give them a weekday to go have some fun. Why not? Yep. Alex, appreciate the time, man. Get back and, uh, hey, shred it, baby. See you guys. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, we'll continue with the profiles of Nevada men's basketball players. Grant Sherfield, that transfer from Wichita State, is next. We've been profiling, I should say Chris has been profiling, the uh, Nevada scholarship basketball players uh, on the men's side uh, as uh, the season quickly approaches. Uh, Chris, this may be the most intriguing one that um, that we've had so far. Grant Sherfield, the transfer um, from Wichita State, who has – Incredible ties to Steve Alford going back to UCLA. Yeah, he committed to Steve Alford at UCLA. Then Coach Alford was fired. So then he uh, asked out of his letter, ended up playing for Wichita State. Last year, Wichita State has been engulfed in turmoil. Greg Marshall, their coach, just had to resign uh, and be given an $8 million buyout because of a number of issues. So he's eligible to play at Nevada just uh, based on that transfer uh, coming from a Wichita State program that is having a lot of issues. And I think he really raises Nevada's ceiling. They had some major issues at point guard ball handling, shot creation, making plays for others. And Grant does all of those things. Now he's only a sophomore, so he's got a lot of room to grow as well. He wasn't the most efficient player, only shot 35% from the field last year. But, um, you know, he's going to step into that lead guard role that Jalen Harris had last season. And it's not going to score like Jalen, but he's going to give them a lot of scoring punch for himself. For others, he had almost a two-to-one uh, assist-to-turnover ratio. And then I think he can be a really, really good defender. He's not a huge guy, about six foot two, a really long wingspan, very strong as well, which helps him get to the free throw line, but he can get into other guys as a defender. Um, he's a really good two-way player. I think he's going to be an all-conference player down the line, maybe not this year. And a lot of it just comes down to that efficiency, only 30% from three as well. So he's going to have to play uh, more efficiently, but a lot of things to like about him and certainly was a highly regarded recruit coming out of high school if he was good enough to play for UCLA. Well, the way I look at him, when I look at his film, he's built like a like a stocky or a strong wide receiver. I mean, he's very, very athletic. Um, and talk about bang for your buck if you're Nevada. You've got this guy who you're talking about value, was going to play at UCLA, goes to Wichita State, which has been a power program for a long time out of the Missouri Valley Conference, and you get him for three years. I mean, I love the bang for the buck value here. And you get him, uh, you know, with that year of experience at Wichita State. So he should be a much better player. Uh, you know, he went through that learning curve last year, uh, and he's going to be one of Nevada's most experienced players, even though he's only a true sophomore. And as we mentioned on yesterday's show, also a captain of this team. So as the respect of his teammates, uh, you know, obviously you want your point guard to be a really good leader, and he has those characteristics as well. So, um, you know, I think he's going to be one of Nevada's better players for sure. And I think he's going to really help Nevada be a better defensive team. And I think that's huge this year because they're not going to be as good as they were offensively last year. But I think they can be a really strong defensive team this year. That's how Steve Alford built his program at New 
Mexico, and he's going to be a key piece in that first line of defense, making things difficult for the opposition to get easy looks or get easy entry passes to their bigs down low. Yeah, and then coming up on Monday, if my alphabet, alphabet ratio mathematics are correct, this is our last scholarship athlete on Monday, Big Warren Washington, the transfer from Oregon State. So that'll be interesting to, to hear some of his story. If you want to look at any of these uh, scholarship athletes when it comes to Nevada men's basketball, go to nevadasportsnet.com. We'll be right back with much more here on NSN Daily right after this. This segment is sponsored by... Welcome to a new special Travel Nevada edition of Exploring Our Backyard, presented by United Nissan. Hey everybody, I'm Shannon Kelly. It's Nevada and UNLV week, and what better way to tie our next adventure in to the biggest rivalry game of the year when these two teams will battle for the Fremont Cannon. Let's jump in our Nissan Murano and hit the road. Before we left town, we took a look at Travel Nevada's website to see what the Free Range Art Highway would be all about. It's just one of the 10 road trips you can explore throughout our state. After passing through the oasis of Nevada, we made our way to Walker Lake and Hawthorne before making a stop in Mina, a town of roughly 100 people, but home to Socorros, what Nevadans call one of the best burgers in our state. A staple established in 2003 with a burger that definitely didn't disappoint. Just look for the bright red building as you're driving by. Our journey continued south for another 70 miles to our final destination for the day, Tonopah, located right between Las Vegas and Reno home to one of the biggest mining booms in the Silver State. What better way to learn about some of the rich history than at the historic mining park? So it sits right on Jim and Bell Butler's original discovery site, uh, which later turned into the Tonopah Mining Company, which was a very large producer of silver in the Tonopah area. Everybody always talks about the Comstock load of Virginia City, but what they uh, tend to forget is the significance of the Tonopah discovery, and that was in May of 1900. And the, uh, the, the Butler discovery helped bring back jobs to Nevada. People came back to Tonopah to work, and it helped fuel the economy and got it going again. Our claim to fame is we're the silver that saved the state. We have several veins of silver that are still on the property here. If you have 45 minutes or you have all day, you can find uh, some pretty neat areas to explore in. Nevada has a, a, a rich history, especially when it comes to the mining, and that's what we're here for. You know, when you look at the head frames here, these are all monuments to Nevada culture, Nevada history. Next time on Exploring Our Backyard, we'll continue our trip in Tonopah as we take a look at the world-famous Clown Motel. You know, it's that long drive that sometimes people dread, but, uh, you know, if you just slow down and take in some of the sights and maybe not put yourself on a time schedule, you can really see a lot. Shannon Kelly with that piece on exploring our backyard. Uh, uh, Shannon, you know, you're a Vegas native. You've made that drive so many times. But if you, like I said, stop and smell the sagebrush, there's a lot out there. Yeah, there was a lot out there. I know we gave you guys a little preview the other day of what was coming up. But, yeah, it's just crazy to see how much – 
history is really here in our state. And once, you know, you leave Las Vegas, there's just so much little, there's so much history in so many little towns to explore that. I don't think, you know, you realize when you're down in the big city growing up, I didn't realize that. Um, but then since I have done the drive so much, I feel like now I'm so accustomed to knowing what is all there at each little point. Okay. I got 70 miles till my next stop, 60 miles till my next little marker. But um, on this trip, it was a little different because, yeah, I've always driven past Fallon and Walker Lake and Hawthorne, but then now actually stopping, we made our first stop there in Mina at the Burger Hut at Socorro's, and I've never stopped there. It's such a, it was such a great little place. Um, we met Socorro straight herself. She was great. She was back behind the kitchen working. Um, just it's such a great little family business, and the burger was great. I don't think people... Um, people always have great things to say about it. And I don't think it disappointed either Jenna or I, we were both impressed and they were just great people to work with. It's kind of funny because uh, my landmarks on that trip are always food related. So like in Fallon, it's the slanted porch. Uh, you get the Hawthorne, there's a pizza factory there. I like pizza factory, you go to Tonopah, there's a McDonald's, you go to Beatty, there's a candy shop, but I have not stopped in Mina before for food. So uh, maybe the next time I have to make that drive, I'll do that. And then you guys pull into Tonopah and you had some adventures there. Just tell us a little bit more about uh, going to the historic mining area in Tonopah. Yeah, uh, so then we made our way into the historic mining park, like you said there. Um, but yeah, that was really different too. We went up, we drove up on this hill and here we are at this mining park and it's huge. It's about 113 acres of land and there's a lot of areas that haven't even been explored yet that they haven't been able to even open to the public. Um, we met with the park host, Jeff Martin there and he was great. He gave us a little tour in the afternoon just sharing about some of the history and it's crazy to think there's still silver on the ground at the mining park. That's, I mean, over a hundred years old. I mean, that's pretty nuts. I don't know. Have you, did you guys know that before this? I actually did a story on it a few years ago when we had a series called Nevada Proud and okay. we stayed there and we stayed at the Mizpah and did a, did a story on the Mizpah Hotel, which uh, is absolutely beautiful. It, it, you, you think that you travel back in time when you walk in and you see the bar and you see the reception area, the rooms are immaculate. Did you see the lady in what the blue dress? Is that what it is? Did you see? I mean, they talk about, I get chills because they play up how Tonopah has such a history of, yeah. of tragedy, unfortunately. I mean, there was a mine fire that killed so many and they're buried in the, in the, the cemetery that's next to the clown motel. I mean, we stayed there and it was one of the worst nights of my life, <laughs> but the Mizpah is a completely different history and it's so elegant. Yeah. Uh, the lady in red, I believe, lady in red? I think, uh, but I don't actually recall whether we saw it or not. I believe Jenna did um, when we were there. She was able to check it out. But no, I think it's just crazy. Like you said, you're just back in time. You feel like you're in this small little town. And yeah, the Clown Motel, that'll be our next adventure that we'll share with you guys here soon. But yeah, that was, uh, it was pretty nuts. Um, Chris, have you checked out the Miss Palm before? Uh, just driven through it. Uh, you wrote a, a story for our website about your trip as well. And the thing that kind of resonated with me is people from Tonopah saying, we don't want this to be a drive through city. We want people to come spend a night to come enjoy what we have to offer. And there are so many cities in Nevada that I think people kind of perceive as that's a drive through city. I'm trying to get from point A to point B and I have to go through there rather than actually go out and enjoy, you know, spending some time in that place. So um, I've not spent a night before in Tonopah, but there are tons of these little cities um, you know, that are homes to people and uh, they are special to those people and they're trying to do things to kind of boost up the tourism. And I think that's why the series is kind of cool is because it gives you maybe a different perspective 
on a place like Tonopah than the one that I previously had, where it's just a point to get to, to get through, uh, to get to the, the final location I want to go to. Yeah, maybe we ought to get back a little bit uh, to a little bit of Americana where families went on road trips and took Route 66. And, and you know, made, that was how you, you got to places that you, that you stopped and you, you saw the world's largest ball of twine or you stayed at this unique little hotel or something like that. Instead of it just being, oh, I got to get through here. Mm-hmm. stop and stay a night maybe maybe slow down a little bit and you know there's so many great little restaurants there there's there's a great brew pub that's in Tonopah uh, I believe it's yeah. just I think it's Tonopah Brewing Company that is, is still there we had a great meal there mm-hmm. we actually checked out the Tonopah Brewing Company as well for dinner that night when we were in town we had a great meal and we were able to try one of their beers as well and that was great so um yeah they had the, the folks there were great too and at the Mizpah it was funny too because the fourth floor is the haunted one and that's the one that we stayed on ironically so i slept pretty well though so i guess can you can you give us a little teaser to the clown motel i know that's the next piece you're working on yeah so the next piece is on the clown motel um it was recently bought by some new owners uh so we had a chance to talk with them they repainted the entire hotel there's a bunch of new clowns in the main lobby area as well they pretty much cleaned its shop and returned it into something something else they wanted to recreate it and make it their own we had a chance to check out one of the rooms too there's clown paintings all throughout the rooms which is interesting not that that's surprising but uh yeah to really make it something different from what it was before brian i know you had the chance to check it out uh like we were saying a couple years ago um for one of our segments snowing nevada with ryan kern and yeah it's a little different so i'm excited to share that um and hear from some of the new owners very cool. We're looking forward to it. If you want to check out Exploring Our Backyard, just go to our website. That's nevadasportsnet.com. Shannon, appreciate the time as always. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll have much more coming up on NSN Daily right after this. It is Friday. That means it's our Dollar Loan Center Money Play of the Week. And this one is silly, uh, if, if anything, right now. But uh, yeah, it, apparently, Chris, on Wednesday, and I didn't realize this was a thing, there is the Guinness World Records Day, and Wednesday was Guinness World Records Day. And uh, around the planet, people were doing uh, what they call officially amazing things. Uh, a roller skater from London, uh, most cartwheels on roller skates in one minute with 30 of them, then most spins on e-skates, I mean, what is e-skates, uh, with 70. Um, I'm not a big roller skating enthusiast. In Japan, two people completed the most alternative skips by a pair in 30 seconds with one rope. 71 skips. Uh, this one I think is pretty funny. A Chinese man at 105 and 58 days old, 105 years, 58 days old, became the oldest person to paraglide tandem. A 23-year-old in Abu Dhabi broke the record for longest ramp jump on a wakeboard, 80 or 68 feet. And then a magician in England, this may be the funniest one, he broke a record for most magic tricks underwater in three minutes with 20 magic tricks. Chris, are we just bored right now or what? Yeah, I mean, Guinness Book of World Records, they definitely stretch it uh, when it comes to some of these world records. Uh, Looking at the script you sent me, I mean, there's also one with the uh, most cars pulled by a human in Australia. So I don't know if that's specific just to doing it in Australia or that feat was done in Australia. Uh, I wonder how much that is. Like, Five, six cars? Oh. Um, I got plenty. Uh, but if there was like one Guinness Book of World Record you think you'd have a crack at, is do you have a specialty skill or something that 
uh, you think you might be able to make a run at. No, no I, I don't have any really specialty skills, but I was part of a world record. Oh. Uh, when I was in college at the University of Nevada, um, this was back in the 90s, uh, we, there was, they had a, the great moon off, and it was the most people mooning, meaning drop and trowel, mooning at the same time. There were thousands of students that packed into the quad at like nine o'clock at night and dropped drawers. And we broke the world record that night and it's probably still my finest achievement uh, to this day. What about you? What, what, what would you do? Uh, yeah, I don't really have any specialty skills uh, either, but we do have this little game that's like a miniature ping pong uh, board. That's probably about, you know, about that tall. It's like, it's very small, but you just keep bouncing it up. There's a net and you have to bounce it on one side of the net and then back and forth. And I've hit like 615 on that. Um, so that, that's actually pretty, that's, I'm going to say that's pretty impressive. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's not easy to do. Now you get, you know, some kids over here and they just hold the ball and they'll go like this and cheat, but I actually like, you know, hit it back and forth. So, uh, maybe I make a run at that. Um, I'm, I'm decent at yo-yos. Maybe there's a yo-yo thing that I could, I could... Well, you know, there has to be a yo-yo <laughs> category. Uh, maybe like fastest to beat, uh, Mario on the original Nintendo from the start of the game to the finish. Um, you know, I know some secret levels and whatnot, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I should buy myself a, a book of Guinness world records and see if there's anything in there. I think I could uh, take a crack at, I know there's one that was like planking somebody planked for like a day and a half, which is incredibly difficult to do. Like most people can't even plank for two minutes. Um, and it's an elderly gentleman who just has very strong abs. So there are some fun things in there for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I wasn't that moon off do that. Uh, you know, I have that kind of skill. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I remember reading those books growing up. I always thought it was cool that, you yeah. know, actually go and track these things, but, uh, I don't think I'll ever be in it. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I recall that night in the mid nineties and, uh, I think a lot of us uh, out there on the quad may have been, um, um, beverageally enhanced that evening, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun to be able to see that, but, uh, anyhow, it's our dollar loan center money play of the week every single Friday here on NSN Daily. We'll be right back to wrap things up on the show after this. I want to thank uh, Alex Margulies for taking the time. It is his day off, so don't bust his chops on social media for taking some time with us uh, up on the mountain at Heavenly. And thank you to Shannon Kelly for showing us part one of uh, her exploring our backyard trip with Jenna Holland to Las Vegas. Uh, Chris, only about 30 seconds left in show. Any plans for the weekend? Uh, just to watch the Nevada game. I mean, we're going to stay hunkered down. Obviously, the COVID number is a little bit high. Uh, my nephew is having a birthday, Mason Draculich. So we'll go drop a present off at his house and then come back. But uh, we're going to be safe. Uh, we want to get these numbers down for sure. Uh, I don't know that we're going to be able to see family this Thanksgiving, unfortunately. So uh, we're just going to hang out in the house and watch some games. All right. Happy, very happy birthday to Mason Draculich. Real quick, how old? Do you know? Uh, eight years old. Eight years old. Happy birthday. <laughs> to Mason. That'll do it for us here on NSN Daily. For Chris and Jenna, I'm Brian. Have a great weekend.